Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics from the late 90s and 2000s. I am one of your hosts, Emily Beijing. And I'm your other host, Margot Poupard. Well, this is a super special episode because today we are joined by Kate, Meg, and Meg from Vicious Cycle. Welcome, ladies. Yay. Thank you. Thanks. Woo. 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 Give an overview of Vicious Cycle's podcast. Vicious Cycle is the only comedy podcast about periods hosted by Kate Elston, Megan Hayes, and Meg Trowbridge, three best friends and bleeders. And as two fellow bleeders on this uh, here podcast today, we are so excited that you are joining us. Um, but more importantly, I think we are really excited because I think this topic rings true to all uh, bleeders. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> We will be revisiting a few teen magazines that meant a whole lot of, to us today. Uh, we will be talking about YM, which I found out stands for Young and Modern, but later was changed wow. to Your Magazine wow. and Seventeen wow. Magazine. I'm I sorry, know. That's bullshit. You can't have a magazine be Your Magazine Magazine. It is redundancy. <laughs> it's the chai tea lattes. It's the yep. chai tea of magazines. So yes. true. <laughs> Did anyone else have a theory for what YM stood for? Because I thought it was Young Miss forever. <laughs> oh, oh wow. I, I really thought it was Yum for the longest time. And I was like, oh, there's, yeah, there's, there's not like a missing you or it's not like, you know, it's, mm, it's, mm. It's like the culinary teen magazine for girls who cook. <laughs> well, more like girls who should be eating less because they gave some very questionable dieting advice. Oh, 100%. I have thoughts. I have so many thoughts. Well, I mean, at this point, let's just kind of dive into it, guys, since we're already talking about it. What are our relationships to Seventeen and YM? 
Um, I mean, I guess I'll start. Um, I I would say I didn't have an allegiance to. I didn't have an allegiance to like either NSYNC or Backstreet Boys either. I was a boy band <laughs> connoisseur, and that's the same for teen magazines. I sort of I subscribed to like all of them, I think, and I couldn't tell you which one was really which. Um, but I do remember at some point I had subscribed to YM, Seventeen, Teen Vogue, Teen People, Lucky. Twist, mm-hmm. jump. Wow. Does anyone remember jump? Because jump yes. was where it started for me. There it was, was very short lived. There was an issue of jump that had Hayden Christensen on the cover, and I bought it specifically for that. And I think it was to promote Star Wars, but I was not interested in the Star Wars <laughs> yeah. at all. And I remember trying to find it in an airport later on, and it vanishing from the shelves. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I could not find record of it until y'all sent us like a, yes. a bunch of links for today, and one of them mentioned it, and then I fell down that rabbit hole. Anyway, um, I think whatever. My so my relationship is that I read them all. And um, my funny story that I just also remembered is that my dad worked for Prime Media, which is a publishing company that published Seventeen. And for oh, my wow. whole adolescence, he told me he would get me a free subscription to Seventeen, and he never followed through. So well, thanks a wow. lot, Dad. It was bought by Hearst. <laughs> I will point out that in the '90s, it was bought by Hearst, and so that is probably where. <laughs> okay, he could have still breakdown. pulled a string. He was dead. Okay. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, as for me, Meg T here. Hi, uh, longtime <laughs> listener, first time guest. Hi, Meg um, T. <laughs> hi. Um, yeah, I was definitely more of a 17 girl. Uh, and but I was also so I don't think I subscribe to any magazine except for maybe teen people. Ooh, class mm-hmm. of choice. I like it. Mm-hmm, Thank mm-hmm, you so mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I, I think maybe for a bit of time, but for me, the joy, the thrill was going uh, to the store to pick out the magazine myself because there were just some issues that weren't going to sound interesting to me. And I was like dedicated to making sure the hottest boys were on the cover. <laughs> and so I was just like always on a hunt for boy band information. So, yeah, I was very, um, I guess you could call me like kind of a slut. When it comes to magazines, wow. just kind of like slut. Yeah, wow, yeah. Wow. That's like what everyone calls me at school. <laughs> <laughs> but no, between, Meg, if, if we're talking going... 17 and YM, I was definitely more of a 17. Meg, they were being like, oh, Meg. Yeah, she's a slut. Meg, <laughs> that's what they were saying, girl. Uh, <laughs> Meg, uh, slut. Meg. <laughs> it's all clicking now. I hear she gets all of the issues of teen people <laughs> to her house. Just <laughs> she's lets them right in her door. Flipping pages over and over. <laughs> Licking her little fingers before she flips the page. <laughs> <laughs> Tearing out all the perfume ads and putting them on her neck. All slow like. Seductive. Uh, Margo, do you have any any fun stories to share about Seventeen and YM or your relationship to those? I mean, nothing that has changed drastically from the last time we talked about teen magazines. I'd say Seventeen was maybe like my number two, number three kind of alternate. But for some reason, like I, whether it was like through school or people that used to sell you magazine subscriptions door to door or whatever, <laughs> I would always end up with like 
three months of a run of like a certain kind of yes. team match. So you get teen vote for three months. Then it'd be like, oh, you have to give the money. I'd be like, not for me. And then would move <laughs> on to like teen people. And I would really say teen people was like my gateway drug into like loving shitty tabloids. Mm. So and, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that was intentional on people's part to make sure that they captured a future reader like me. Yeah. But it was always kind of like 17 Cosmo Girl and like Teen Vogue for like the aspirational stuff that Cosmo I couldn't afford girl. or do or didn't look like. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we talked about it before, like 17 and Cosmo Girl were essentially in its most influential time, like edited by Atusa. And so Ugh, never forget. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys read that slate piece with yeah. her and there were some things like she was very much like Connie Burton in the White Lotus. And you're like, oh, ah, this does not like age super well when she talks about how she's empathetic towards white men, like apropos of yeah. nothing. And I was like, OK, I can't believe I took like hair advice from you for like 10 years. <laughs> Atusa was truly a blast from the past. When that name came up, I was like, yeah, 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 yowzas. That name (laughs) I haven't thought of in a long time because she was so present in my adolescence Mm -hmm. that I had forgotten about her. Meg Hayes, what's your relationship to teen mags? YM or 17? I I similarly saw that name and face and was like, how do I know this face like I know my own hand? Like, I don't understand. (laughs) I I was like, who is this woman that helped raise me? I'm so confused. Um, yeah, I also totally forgot. <laughs> like she's so familiar yet so distant. Yeah, I was like, couldn't tell you where she was from our childhood, but I was like, oh yeah, her, the lady with the hair and the face. I remember. Um, <laughs> the lady. Okay, Kathy Hilton. I see you. <laughs> um, thank you. That's the nicest mm-hmm. thing you've ever said about me. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was, I believe I had a subscription to Teen Vogue, um, and I appreciated that Teen Vogue was, like, smaller. It was, like, you know, like, laptop Oh, like, in size? Yeah, in size. No, yeah, you're right. In literal size, it was smaller. Yeah. And I just loved, like, my junior year of college, we had this nice big apartment on campus, and we hung all of this yarn and then like um clothes pinned a bunch of pictures on it so to me teen vogue was perfect for like ripping pages out with really beautiful prints and i can't i actually i was thinking about y'all when um i was like thinking of this memory where one of the magazines did like a huge alice in wonderland spread but that might have been vanity fair um, I remember that vividly. Mm. I think that was maybe like early college for all of us. But yeah, I just appreciated the aesthetic of Teen Vogue. Um, maybe Teen Vogue didn't give you diet tips, but it did cast only prepubescent girls. So, you know, it did its, its job at making you be like, wow, <laughs> I don't understand how that Seven, this teenager, quote unquote teenager, is so teeny tiny. I actually only got Teen Vogue because I somehow ended up on a subscription for YM towards the tail end of YM. So I got that for a few years. And then when YM folded and became Teen Vogue or, you know, was essentially its subscriber list was like brought into Teen Vogue and those people who were subscribed got Teen Vogue. That's how I ended up getting into Teen Vogue. Oh. But yeah, for no... 
I didn't choose YM. YM chose me. And I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure like you, it's, what I'm getting from all these conversations is that we just walked into spaces and we were gifted subscriptions to teen magazines. Yes! They were like, yeah. you pathetic and lost here. Take yes. us in the Cosmo girl. <laughs> oh, do you identify as a reader? Here's a magazine. It's like right, reading, it's magazine. less nerdy. Yeah. Completely. I would like to know what we started kind of like we, you know, like our yes. uncles or whatever, like, you know, it would be surefire thing that teens love. Uh magazines. Like what if the, what was the boy equivalent? They were getting baseballs like, in the mail. Yeah. I don't know. I would say maybe like baseball cards or video games or skateboarding. Yeah. Like that's yeah. all that I know that they're it up is. to. You know how like, because like Cosmo is kind of like, because some of these magazines were like Cosmo Junior, like Cosmo Girl, right? And yeah. so, but like once you could sneak a Cosmo, there'd be like great sex tips. So I just thought maybe there was like, you know, instead of like a playboy, there was like a play buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Great, great <laughs> masturbation tips. Oh Play buddy God. is the funniest thing I've ever young, heard in my life. Young Esquire, like GQ2. Oh Make non-alcoholic martinis. <laughs> Vars- like junior varsity, JVGQ. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Did Ronan Farrell Sports like, Illustrated and annotated? For- oh my god. I want to read the like Ronan Farrell 11-year-old article for like Playboy or Play Buddy, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked a little bit, you know, people brought up a Tuesday when we were all chatting about, you know, our relationships to 17YM, but I just want to see if anyone on here remembers like a specific writer that they loved or a section or column that you liked in these magazines. It sounds like we were all a little like magazine agnostic here and it kind of all becomes a blur. But were there any particular prompts or sections that you liked in these magazines? I loved the embarrassing stories. Every magazine seemed to have some sort of like embarrassing story. And I I was going through a few trying to jog my memory and I was like, oh yeah, they all seem totally fake. <laughs> like they yes, all seemed like they were so written true. by the same writer. Um, they all involved people talking about their crushes as my babe or my hottie or, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then they all, all of this, all of the embarrassing moments ha- happened when a person of authority tapped me on the shoulder like, and, <laughs> and they were standing behind me the whole time, you know, my, the librarian or the principal. Um, but I did enjoy reading back some and there were a couple period ones in there, mm-hmm. which I really liked. Mm-hmm. And one of the most horrific ones was. Um, a uh, person was changing their pad and it fell under the stall as she was folding it up, like balling up the used pad and it fell under the stall and went into the next one and a popular girl happened to see it and said, ew, gross. And I was like, that is so embarrassing. Like that is horrific. Like it was bad enough to change as we've talked on Vicious Cycle many times to change your pad and people could hear the rustling which now I'm like, fuck it. Everyone like ding, ding, like I'm changing my tampon or whatever. But like at the time it was so horrible. And to think that like your used pad, if this was really happened, which I'm sure it did, like slid under the stall and the next person saw it. Like that's, it, it keeps me up. It really does. That, that thought of that <laughs> happened. Um, yeah. 
I went I back and reread something- that story. It felt mm-hmm. the most real out of all of the most yeah. traumatic stories. It really yeah. felt like something that could happen to you or your friend. The other funny thing I remember too about those is like, I threw up all over my crush, but then he asked me out anyway. I was like, <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah, right? Like, no. Pick a fan fiction. That yeah. literally reminds me of uh, Elle Woods in like Legally Blonde where she's like, yeah, I mean, I barfed on a guy during the Blair Witch Project and we still dated for three weeks. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then one of them, I just basically liked all of the like reader questions, reader submissions, like, uh, you know, anything that was like, like user generated or like reader sourced because I remember one of them was like it was like the most romantic that's ever happened to me and they were clearly all so fake and one (laughs) of them was like the hottie on the football team who like we shared a locker and then one day he surprised you read this one too he surprised me with the whole football team singing like um, no. L is for the way you look tonight. Like he's no. like, oh, like, like this. No. This is not romantic. This is a part no. in Scream too. Like it's don't no. fall for it. <laughs> or it's like clearly a plot line from Glee. Like that did not happen to you. I'm so sorry to say. I remember an eerily similar one where it involved a girl named Virginia, and she was into her friend's brother, and she could hear him play "Meet Virginia" no. by Train on. No, an acoustic no, guitar no, and this no, is a daydream no, i shit you not this is a daydream. i could not make this up if i tried <laughs> this was an actual one of those stories in a teen magazine Ugh, that was so feels outrageous yeah. yeah that feels very accurate to how insane those stories were but i loved them there was something like just i still i still go for like the dear abby and dear prudence stories like i i there's something about like hearing from the regular person that I've always really liked. I don't know about you guys, though. I was always, uh, and I think why I was a teen people person, though I don't know if they had this like they do in people, but, oh, I love those paparazzi pics of the celebs. <laughs> oh, I just love the little candid love, shot of them walking across the street. See them push a grocery cart through a parking oh, lot. Oh, <laughs> baby. It really got my juices flowing because I was just like, oh, my God. Look, they're out in the wild, like <laughs> just like me, you know? It was very, <laughs> very alluring. So, yeah, anytime, and especially if it was um, <laughs> a boy band member, um, Meg, and he just happens to be like member? out in the world, then I'm like, would that be? I don't know if it matters, Meg. Um, I don't know if anyone needs to get into the specifics. <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Um, I was going to marry AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Uh, he's recently shaved his facial hair. It's been a tough month. Um, I, I hear you. I hear you. It, it's a blow. It's a blow to all AJ heads. Um, <laughs> I think you're going Johnny No Names. Yeah. yeah right. Don't get your suit. Thank you. I feel seen. I feel safe. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but that was my absolute fave. If there were like candid photos of people I was going to marry uh, or turn out to be, then I really was into that. And now I think uh, paparazzi are so disgusting and it's such like a terrible thing that we do to celebrities, but still mommy like. (laughs) Okay. So Meg, what was Meg Hayes, I should say, what was your, what was your favorite section of YM or 17 or just like teen magazines in general? I would also say that it is the embarrassing stories because 
That is also where I read, like, you know, some insane story about a girl on Labor Day in white pants that got her period for the first time. Um, oh, yeah. Which, oh, like, yeah. like, who knows? That was probably, like, a million people that submitted that. Which I – okay. Oh, my God, you guys. Recently, I just heard that Tanya Harding got her first effing period in an all-white skating outfit. Like while she was skating. And I was like, how could we have not known this? How is this not in the annals of history? That's an I Tanya deleted scene, you guys. I was gonna say that's her origin story, man. Like (laughs) but anyway, I also appreciated the embarrassing stories. Yeah, because they were they were probably the most relatable part. Like who who in real life is actually living the teenage life that magazines sell you? Like very few people. So those stories were actually uh-huh. relatable. No, I agree. Margot, do you have any particular sections that you liked? I always liked the as somebody who had terrible acne as a child, loved all the skincare routines. I was willing and ready to try <laughs> anything but to ask my mom to take me to a dermatologist apparently. So <laughs> I really looked to those and then also like the back to school, like getting yourself yes. back on. I mean, this is like early. Like I might have some sort of learning disability where like I need help getting on a schedule, like <laughs> transitioning back into like having to wake up and be places by a certain time. And so they always had those like back to school guides that I always kind of look to. And Emily and I've talked about this before, but I would really like heavily, especially from middle school into high school, relied on american teen girl magazines yes to have any sort of semblance of like what to expect because my mom went to an all-girls boarding school in like a completely different country and had <laughs> literally my zero mom insight well. to yeah. offer me at all about what the high school experience would be like it's, so yeah i mean that's we've talked about this too yeah like this same thing so you, you the three of you may not know this but our margaret and i both have french mothers and so like growing up mm-hmm. this was like teen movies, teen magazines, teen shows, like, are for us, we're kind of like this Americana touch point of like, oh, this must be what it's going to be like. Um, (laughs) For me, like, I think I agree with you, like, Margot, some of those sections really meant a lot to me. And the back to school sections where I felt the most seen is every once (laughs) in a while, there would be a section in back to school fashions in particular for girls like me who had to wear a uniform because mm-hmm. most of the time, uh-huh. any sort of back to school fashion issue really meant nothing to me, sadly. So anytime <laughs> they had a little like, here's how you can have fun with your uniform, <laughs> like article, it was just a glimmer, a glimmer Wear a of vibrant hope. pin. <laughs> Maybe gonna have a fun backpack. <laughs> Say it with your trapper keeper. <laughs> I remember. I distinctly remember. Um, there were a few summers where I got the back to school issue before I was out of school for the summer. <laughs> Because oh no, because I we went to, we went through you know they they always publish a, a month ahead right so you'd be mm-hmm, getting the mm-hmm. August issue in July yep. it would be late June I would not be out of school yet because we went late into June 
So it'd be like, I'd be, you know, June 25th, I'd be coming home from school. There's the July issue. There's the issue that should be arriving in my door July. It's come early. It's the August issue. Hence, it's back to school. And I'd be like, God. fuck you, team people. Or Give me a minute. Fuck out of here. <laughs> but stay with your Trapper Keeper brought back a memory. There was an article in one of these teen magazines. It might have been 17 about how to like decorate your binder to show off your personality. Like mm-hmm. if crazy. Make sure you have lots of pictures of lusty Leonardo DiCaprio. There are lots of there's lots of alliteration happening <laughs> oh, in YM too oh, that I found boy. disturbing. So many English majors on their staff. So many English majors. <laughs> excessive use of the word chica, which I might hate more than someone calling me mama oh, at this yes. point. Yeah. So, yes. I have I told you the horrendous tale of when I was a moderator online for Girls Life magazine for a month <gasps> after I graduated college. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Everything about that. Oh God. So just for a month, but I was um, monitoring their forums on Saturday mornings, which meant that, and that's a mostly 14 to 16 year old. It's more like a 13 to 15 year old magazine. Um, And basically I had to moderate, you know, what girls were writing in and like some of the exploits, either people were trolling me or like there were 13 year olds (laughs) who were doing some things that I was just like, not equipped, not equipped as a practically unemployed 22 year old to be handling or moderating or like steering any young girl in any sort of direction. All I could do was just like, oh, you don't need to lose this weight. Here's what you can do instead. Just be healthy. Eat some fruits and vegetables. Ah. Like, oh my God. Wow. Thankless job. Thankless job. Um, Oh, go ahead. I was going to, and it just sounds like Everest. Like what a nightmare. (laughs) There's just nothing you can do. Um, We kind of got into our favorite sections. What really were your least favorite sections um, about the magazines or what were things that you dreaded reading or, you know, rolled your eyes at? I think for me, I was, if you, if you knew me, if you saw me, this wouldn't surprise you, but I kind of skipped past all like the beauty and fashion tips. I never (laughs) cared about that stuff. And if you saw what 13 year old Kate looked like, you'd be like, yeah, you should, that checks out. She, she looks like she's not reading the how to do your hair technique tips. Um, But yeah, no, so I think I would just skip over those. I still do. I don't really care about that kind of stuff as much, which also, if you know me, you know, like I don't have much of a fashion sense. Um, So maybe uh, what I'm learning about myself is I should have read those sections. But um, yeah, like all those spreads, like the spreads, like three quarters of the way through of just like a fashion shoot, couldn't be bothered. I think for me too, like the, like, because it always felt like near the back of the magazines, there was like you know, uh, this color is really popping this month and here are the looks that we're putting together and here's everyone looking amazing. But I was a curvy gal uh, from a young age. So the majority of the time, you know, I'd like look at the pieces and they're all on waifs and Mm -hmm. they're like brands that do not come in plus size. So like, I was just like, yeah, I don't need to know about this. None of this is for me. Okay, moving on. But I did like I would pay attention to hair because I got some crazy hair. Um, but yeah, same. I was like, all right, fashion for the few. Yeah. And that's <laughs> when I became radicalized. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Um, yeah, I would say literally none of the magazines had affordable anything in them. Like, because mm. I'm like, yeah, I mean, my 
I don't think anyone here grew up like immensely wealthy as far as I know. Um, but yeah, my parents are both teachers. And also we never talked about money. So I was just always afraid to ask for anything. <laughs> I just assumed we didn't really have a, a whole lot else. Um, so yeah, I, I again, I think I just like the aesthetic, but not necessarily things that I would actually be able to go out and buy, maybe replicate. Uh, but I, the thing that gave me the most anxiety was just comparing myself to other people that had already kissed someone and like oh thinking about yes. what teenagers, because I'm assuming, did those magazines ever go into sex? I feel like yeah. There was definitely like, like healthy sex talk and stuff in there. Okay. In some of them anyway. I, yeah. Maybe and in like a Cosmo Girl versus like a YM. Yeah. I feel like YM yeah. was way more surfacey and maybe geared towards like slightly younger where Cosmo Girl was like trying to convert people that were maybe like junior <laughs> yeah. seniors in high school into yeah. college readers later. Right. Yeah. It I think it was more. Oh, yeah. It was more just like, oh, I my worst fear is realized like I'm totally not like normal high school girls because I haven't even like held hands with a guy and all these people are like kissing and having boyfriends and they're 15 and I'm like lol I just a virgin a- who can't drive <laughs> yeah exactly yes no. honestly if we're gonna call oh, no. yeah yeah never mind <laughs> what were you gonna say who's the virgin who can't drive if we're gonna call anyone a virgin who can't drive I was gonna say that's still what we call Meg today but I can't <laughs> I can't can. well I like I I now look back and roll my eyes at all the weight loss things but I try, oh, yeah. I point the blame for most of my body issues as a kid on the aforementioned jump, which again, by re- the research I did last night, I realized it was actually like a fitness magazine. I did not clock that oh. ever like as a kid because it was supposed to be like for the active tween or teen. Oh, but I don't I remember. I don't remember that. But I do remember every month they had a feature on someone who lost weight. Oh, and, it, and they had and this started, I think, my obsession with oh. like numbers and so it's like she's five six and weighs a hundred. And before she weighed a hundred and forty. Now she's a hundred and twenty. And those uh, like numbers just stuck with me. You know, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm one forty. Is that bad? And I'm five six. You know, like you start to really internalize those numbers, and yeah, it was damaging. And I remember my mom. This because I was like ten when I started reading it, and yeah. I remember my mom being concerned that I was reading like teen magazines. And now I get why, because like, that's tough. God. Yeah. Yeah. I think, no, I think you, this segues really nicely into kind of some of our questions, which are just like, what would you find now as an adult, like super problematic about this for teenagers that we just didn't, you know, notice? Uh, Obviously this, this particular um, narrative where there were a lot of like weight loss or diet related articles in these magazines uh, were Mm -hmm. super problematic. Are there Mm -hmm. any others that you look back on and are just like, wow, this is definitely not content uh, any teenager should have to deal with? I think just all the skinny models, you know, like, and of course, like goes without saying, like very white, very heteronormative, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. all of the, the things. But I think, yeah, there was, and I remember there being a push like in the early 2000s to really start showing like models of size. Um, But like it didn't, yeah, it was just very, 
you know, all the mall. I mean, that was the late nineties for you. It was just very, very low rise gene appropriate. Yeah. There was also a running theme in YM where it was like, let's get a guy's opinion about oh almost my, everything. Oh my God. I and forgot was a section about that. Where they had these three random guys who were all also like slightly too old to be speaking to this audience. Like one was 22 and like there was also a 24 year old giving advice about how he hits on women. I was like, excuse me, don't you have like to harass somewhere? Clearly. Like, do and get out of this magazine. But I mean, they it's clearly he's like a writer's friend or something. Or, I mean, who yeah. even know? I mean, who even knows? It's like also early days internet. So like they might have put something up on some message board and you get some quote unquote 24 year old creep talking about how he likes to like neg women in bars. And that's how he gets. <laughs> but the thing that I remembered from rereading some YMs was that they asked these three random guys to like judge Alicia Silverstone, like Brandy Norwood, and some other gorgeous woman, they're like, uh, she wears too much makeup. I like a girl with a natural look. It's like, oh, go fuck uh, yourself, oh, Jared. <laughs> yeah, it really became about like centering men's opinion about you. Like that became really important. And doing um, things for men, like to yes. get attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And like when I was just scrolling through like the covers. You know, like the words that kept like, I think more so now, but like still pretty sexy. Like it's all about appearance and all about like, you know, your look, like what what the outside of you says about yourself. And it's just like, oh, my God, like it actually doesn't matter at all, you know. And so it's ridiculous. Yeah, there's yeah, a thing about you- cultivating like your personality or what like th- what you have on the inside counts too. It feels honestly in reading some of them feels very like girl wash your face esque of like oh, yeah it's yeah. all inside of you. But it'd be if you weren't fat, you're like wait what? I'm sorry. That was exactly. Like, that was like a double sided compliment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think y'all bring up a good point that no matter who was the um, editor of all of these magazines, it was so much from a male gaze, even if it was like all Mm -hmm. female staff, like it was so, Mm -hmm. so male. And I'm assuming that's, I mean, whatever. I'm assuming one, that's because the culture is so misogynistic. There's a lot of internalized misogyny. If you're like someone working for a magazine, a women's magazine, and I'm sure all of the higher ups were men, but it, it, it makes what happened to Teen Vogue all the more like shocking and amazing that someone was just able to yeah. come in and be like, so this is all different now. Like what was up was down and like now it's, yeah. it's so wild. Yeah, It's interesting because I almost feel like it skipped a generation for us to have a teen magazine that could take us to having articles of substance in those. So I'm thinking like Gen X had sassy, like my cousin who's in her forties loved sassy. Like she absolutely loved sassy magazine, but it folded in the mid nineties and Jane Pratt went on to go, you know, find, found a XO Jane and Jane magazine. But then I feel like for us millennials, there really wasn't, you know, you'd occasionally get an article of substance. Like, you know, Cosmo girl had an article, Um, I think where they talked about trans people in like 2002, Mm. 2003, like trans teenagers. But, uh, you know, this was few and far in between. Like you were not finding articles uh, or magazines that had a whole lot of substance for teenagers in our generation. I think like Teen Vogue in some ways is doing the work that uh, carrying on the work that Sassy did 
in the early 90s around writing important pieces, getting people, teenagers politically active and aware of what's going on around them and in the around this country, around the world and that kind of thing. So I, you know, I was doing this research and just kind of realized that we just didn't have that. We would just get, you know, an article every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that makes me think of is MTV News. I feel like yeah. that was like the most substantial thing that was somewhat geared toward our age group. But even that was a little bit older than us. Like Gideon Diego, like we were all maybe in middle school at that time. Can't remember. We were old enough to have a crush on him and still oh. think about him and check his Instagram every once in a while. Yeah. Every once in a while. Glad we're all on the same Totally page. normal. Totally cool. Totally. Everything's fine. Great. I have no idea how old that man is. I'm like, is he 30 or Don't 50? want to know. Don't no Don't idea. Know. He's hot. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Glad to know he's mm-hmm. still, he still can get it. <laughs> I was just kind of thinking through like, you know, the best kind of follow up for this. Uh, when you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We're researching these magazines. I mean, we've talked about now like what seems problematic. Um, Were there any kind of good memories? Like, you know, we talked about the cringe. We appreciated those embarrassing articles or stories because it made people feel relatable. And then there were bad memories because a lot of the um, articles were super male gazy or body image focused and really only appealed to a very thin white woman's point of like, you know, uh, featured only kind of thin white women. Um, do you remember any other things about your adolescence your, when you were a teen reading these magazines? Were there any other kind of good or bad memories that came up as you were going through these articles and looking through these back issues? I mean, it's really interesting to to remember how, like, so the celebs, you know, and just the gossip and how, you know, I think wasn't the 90s kind of the time when it, it, it became fashion models weren't on magazine covers, but celebrities, like, like actors. Mm-hmm. It became, was like the beginning of that transition of yeah. actors and celebrities, singers, musicians that were kind of coming up at the time. They sold the magazine, essentially, and... They they kind of touched on it a bit in that slate piece about Atusa about how she had kind of like the slow start with her newsletter, even though when she was back doing her like famous editor letters before millions of people would read it. But that's because she had Christina Aguilera on the cover to like help sell the magazine, which then Mm -hmm. was the her way to get into people's houses or whatever. Totally. Yeah. And like it's it was fun to look back at that and be like they were doing profiles on like a 20 year old Reese Witherspoon or whatever, you know? And it's like, Oh wow. Like these people have been around a long time. Like it's almost like good for Reese, you know, but like, I don't know. It was, it was kind of wild. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, obviously we all know, you know, it's just, it's just a nice, 
it's a weird reminder to be reminded that these people have been around so long in our lives, like truly like in our living rooms and in our lives, in our bedrooms. And in our hearts. Hello. <laughs> Leo. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's, this is kind of, well, it's just a personal memory, but um, I remember, I think this was before, so I if I get my timelines mixed up because in middle school I absolutely got the teen beats and the teen bop and tiger beat anyways yeah there, yep, tiger beat there were like those magazines that were so purely like fluffy profiles for um you know young young readers hey, well there was some fan poetry and artwork in there <laughs> that I'm could so sorry. be featured in some important literary journals. I'm just putting that out there. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Thank you for reminding me to honor um, some of the good writing in there. Um, But so what I think is that I would get those, I would just rip out the pages, put them on my wall. And then I became a woman. And, uh, and I I have this memory of being like, you know, hiding out in, uh, my house down as in the women basement, do, and as my mom came home. Do. From <laughs> as we are wont to do, and um, and my mom had just like come back from the grocery store, and she was like, "Hey, Maggie, I uh, I saw this. Thought you might like it." And she handed me the very first issue of Teen People with Jennifer Love Hewitt on the cover. Wow! And I just remember looking at it and being like, "This is." the coolest magazine I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, it was just, it blew my mind. And I just, like, poured over every page. I was like, this is for me. Like, I felt so seen. And I was like, I'm a teen now. I am definitely a teen who at some point is going to be beautiful and have sex. And it was <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> and oh look God. at you now. And look at me now, babies. Would you say that that is the cover of a teen magazine that you felt like that was when culture was for you? Was that teen magazine? Wow. (laughs) Magazine related? Yes. That was when I I was like, wow, I've arrived. It's arrived. We've arrived. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then you sang Millennium by Robbie Williams. That's a great song. It is a great song. (laughs) Of course. He had a great album. Yeah. That's a good album. Yeah. It's a good album. What a bop. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're going down memory lane. Um, Are there, before I get into my next question, does anyone have any other fond memories (laughs) that they want to share? No one's talked about the horoscopes yet. Oh, how could I gloss over the fact that that was my, I mean, talk about gateway drug to now, you know, having like multiple (laughs) astrology apps on my phone. I can definitely, I mean, talk about like, like, I don't know, just generalized anxiety about the future, like reading those horoscopes. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to get an A on that math quiz. And that's also where I learned (laughs) numerology, which I then relearned again today how to do it. And I was like, I'm a one. (laughs) I'm a one. I'll I'll just never forget one time I was reading that with a friend and the first uh, words out of like the Aries section was, Balsy Uranus makes its way into your orbit. And everyone's like, hold, 
whole Trapalzi Uranus. Like, what <laughs> English major is doing that? Come on. Get it was a bet. It was a bet. You know someone <laughs> was lost a bet. The <laughs> office party. Like. Exactly. There's a teen people that has like Mandy Moore, Eve, and Cisco on it that I will just never wow. forget about ever. Not one time. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hard to erase. There are some covers from that time that just, yeah, they stick with you. I do. I too. It's amazing how like how much I enjoyed, like why I find myself still supporting certain celebrities to this day. Do I care for Drew Barrymore's new talk show? Like I'm kind (laughs) of, Oh, you know, I'm not, I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I'm just like indifferent, but I feel the need to support her. I bought something from flower beauty at Walgreens the other day. Like (laughs) there's just something about Drew Barrymore that is just like such a staple from teen magazine days. Like anytime she was on the cover of anything, I would buy it. Like I just, I adore her. I think it's because she reminds me of the, my cousin, the one who was obsessed with Sassy. Like, they both talk with a lisp. They look very Aww. similar. Like, in some ways, Drew Barrymore is my California cousin that I never had besides you, Margo. Like, <laughs> aww. I'm going to that nice. compliment. My cousin <laughs> also reminds me of Drew Barrymore. That's so funny. She is like I just, you're gonna say your cousin reminds you of me. <laughs> I'm, really disappointed now. I'm disappointed too. I would love a cousin like Margot, especially for like family function. Aww. It'd be really fun. Because then we just talk we would I mean, just I talk. can just come with you next time. Yeah. That would be great. Because then we could just like like, you know, quietly talk shit about everyone. <laughs> oh, it'd be so fun. <laughs> I like more. You know that. <laughs> I have to ask you guys um as adults I, this was something that I think other another way people kind of got the teen magazine subscriptions was it would just be yeah it was a gift from like an uncle or whatever but like <laughs> do you think you know you would gift one of these subscriptions to a teenager it's I don't know. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, I, is Teen Vogue even in print? I thought they cease printing and they're only online, right? Oh. Because I was going to say Teen Vogue, I would consider. And I do think after these conversations we've had about, like, the damage we do to people's body image with, like, you know, all the various photography we force at people, uh, I think now there are be- things are better, but but I'd want to make sure there was like, you know, points yeah. of view and not just like be pretty and go to prom. You are correct, by the way, right. Margot. They ceased publication. It looks like uh, the final issue was December 2017 and everything has strictly been online since in Teen Vogue. Wow. Yeah, I think it's an, I wonder what will come to replace it. I mean, obviously, it's going to be online and sort of to Meg's point about you already get a lot of like filtered faces in your day-to-day life, whether it's like on the internet or just walking around. I don't know if kids necessarily need one more thing unless it was something that was, I don't know, like that old Navy commercial with A.D. Bryant where it's like it actually shows diversity in size and mm-hmm. shape and all of that and like is a little bit more inclusive and maybe isn't necessarily written by teens, but maybe isn't written by like Riverdale writers, you know, like yeah. something that's a little bit more grounded in reality. Well, you, you bring up written by teens. Like I think rookie was another example of just like something that where they tried to, I think bring in 
you know, kind of a sassy like voice in the the 2010s. Again, mm. that was a free publication. It wasn't. I don't think it was paid. It wasn't. I thought it was the paid news- newsletter. Oh, maybe it was. I don't I remember. remember. <laughs> <laughs> Any anyone else have thoughts about giving the non-existent magazine subscription to a teenager? <laughs> to our non-existent teen friends? Um, yes. How do you do, fellow kids? How would you feel about this magazine subscription? <laughs> or like, what kind of magazine would you want to like, I don't know, come after this like wave of teen magazines? Like what would be like the better alternative? I mean, I'm just trying to understand in teen Verna- in like 2020s teen vernacular what the equivalent is and I think the equivalent is like TikTok and YouTube and like influencers because like if we think about what is the most damaging for kids like at this point in time it's like oh where do you get your body image issues fucking Instagram and TikTok and like filters so I, it's interesting because it, I guess if we have like teens in our lives or people listening to the show, um, it's more just like teaching online like literacy and understanding like what you're looking mm-hmm. at isn't yes. real. Kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, mm-hmm. the Photoshop yeah. of our time, right? Like under actually understanding as a kid, this is not real. Cause no one told us that that magazines aren't real. No one was like, that's not how that person actually looks. Like that that was not a part of the conversation. I don't I recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I it's interesting you bring that up because it's like we there there's two sides to this, right? There's the one we know so much more now about Photoshop and editing tools and fa- face filters and all that mm-hmm. that you can you, you you know that that most pictures you're looking at right now on Instagram or so many other apps are not actual real photos, but heavily retouched. But then on the other hand, on the flip side of that, there's even more of a pressure to look like that. So to Mm -hmm. either add those filters to your photos or to seek out treatments that get you to look like those photos. It's really, Mm -hmm. it's interesting that we, we know everything so much more now than we did back then. Yet the, we are things, procedures to help you look like that are so much more accessible. Like, I remember you know, teen magazines would never obviously uh, have condoned any sort of plastic surgery, anything back then. Now, you know, you have, I mean, they're mostly celebrities, but you have like, you hear of like 17 year olds who get like fillers and that kind of thing. It's, yeah, it's a very different world. Yeah. I'll never forget. I was in, I was in like a, a teen charity league in high school. Very, I, I swear my parents weren't rich. They were teachers. It's just like we hung out, I guess, with the crowd. <laughs> my parents wanted it on my college resume, blah, blah, blah. But I'll never forget a girl of like we were 15 or 16 and she was like, oh, yeah, we have the charity fashion show coming up. So I just got Botox. And I was like, huh? I was so confused. I what? was like, huh? What year was what? this? Uh, 2000 and... Two, three. So right at the beginning, probably. Jesus. Yeah, I know. She and she was a lovely girl. Her family was really sweet, but I think she went with her mom. Like, what fucking do you have on your forehead at 15? So wild, dude. 
And I remember another girl in that charity league got fake boobs our senior year. And my friend went to hug her and oh, she's yeah. like, it felt like rocks, just like a mean girl. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, so sad. Yep. Oh. Very sad. Yeah. Growing up wealthy isn't always great. Like, I mean, whatever. There are great things to it, but there are also shitty things to it, like being exposed to people who get, you know, Botox at 15. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, oh, I was uh, the only other thing I was going to pitch, though, granted, this might have been in the magazines of your and I just didn't pay attention because I think there's the conversation of like what is good to like, you know, put out to young readers uh, and then what are they actually going to buy? Because like we were I mean, I was absolutely a shallow, dumb kid. Um, and so if there was like a magazine that was like. Mm, get better at math. I probably would not have bought that magazine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was going to say, like, it'd be cool if there were profiles that kind of like, you know, if you're really interested in these celebrities, the, it might say something about what you want to do with your life. And like, if there mm. were like ways to explore what career paths are, you know, and mm-hmm. like, but in ways that are really interesting. So you're like thinking about your future as a teen. Cause like, it took me so long to figure out that I could be a writer professionally and like you know that's kind of ridiculous because I was following writers and comedians this whole time and it just never dawned on me like oh that's a job you know mm-hmm. so anywho just like you know pointing to people being like if this is something you're into this is something you can do that's super valid and I think one thing that I was looking back on you know as we I was doing a little bit of research for this and like it kept coming up and, and Margaret and I talked about in a previous episode, Cosmo Girl, kind of the shift of like Atuza Rubenstein going from um, Cosmo Girl to 17. Cosmo Girl had a whole project called Project 2024 where they would profile, you know, the the hope was that it was called that because that was going to be the year the youngest readers of the magazine would be eligible to run for uh uh, for president. So, you know, born in 89. Mm. And isn't, isn't that crazy? Like that's three years from now. And like, <laughs> Insane. we're all, almost all of us are either already eligible to run for president or almost eligible. Anyway, wow. I digress. Um, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> pretty wild. But like they were, I mean, it was like in that landscape of, uh, I think magazines where it was, you know, still a lot of misogynistic male gazy articles. There was they were interviewing Hillary Clinton. They were interviewing Nancy Pelosi. They were interviewing politicians of the time. Um, It's interesting that like what you're saying, because like obviously that is a very highly aspirational job. But I think there were, you know, bits and pieces of it starting in some magazines with with Cosmo Girl. But unfortunately, you know, within the following years, Despite changes that happened, like I, you know, I read during my research that YM ceased uh, their dieting articles in 2002, but they folded, you know, two years later. Mm. Um, I think a lot of magazines started making commitments to revamp some of those outdated, very, uh, you know, body image specific, body conscious type of articles. But it was like too little too late because unfortunately, a lot of them uh, folded, you know, within that kind of period of 2004 to like 2007 I, I would say the majority of them did um yeah it's interesting though I like I like this idea let's start a magazine right yeah, I think we could <laughs> how guys, hard could I, it be <laughs> how hard could it be Hearst Condé Nast 
hear us today. We're available. (laughs) We're available. Look, Um, I've seen 13 going on 30. I feel equipped to start this magazine with all of us. (laughs) Composure (laughs) parta. I think we touched upon this earlier. Obviously, body diversity-wise, from a size perspective, there really wasn't much um, diversity on the pages. Um, The same goes, you know, we mentioned briefly, there were really mostly white bodies that were being shown in these magazines. Um, Do you think at any point there had been some sort of effort to kind of bring that in? I, I know we kind of briefly talked about it happening maybe closer to like 10 years ago versus the 15, 20 years ago in these magazines' heydays, but... Did you ever see, uh, you know, any sort of representation at any point in any of these uh, magazines? It just felt so few and far between. It was like as long as, you know, like Destiny's Child had a number one hit, (laughs) then they may be on the cover of a magazine, you know. But like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. otherwise it was Cameron Diaz or Drew Barrymore or Mandy Moore or Britney. Like your your grab bag of very tiny blonde women. Um, it's sort of the same now, right? Where like you have, yeah. you know, one to two people that aren't white and then the rest are sort of like the same people that you say on the covers all of the time. And then they're like, why are magazines dying? It's like, cause you keep using the same three people. And yeah. especially in the mid two thousands, like you said, Meg D it's like the same, same three pop stars, same three actors, and then like every once in a while, if Destiny's Child or Beyonce is like charting, they will have her there, and that's pretty yeah. much it. Or Cisco, but he has to share yeah, the cover course. with at least one white person. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, and yet, so yeah, you I know, mean, Gwen Stefani gets to wear a goddamn bindi, and everyone's like, fashion icon. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. That was the other interesting part of that, like, YM retread. Yes. They talked about how clearly Interscope got into the journalist's ear because all of the pieces about, no doubt, up until that point in whatever, maybe 2000, 1999, around there, were always Gwen-focused. And the other bandmates, well, probably just Tony Canal, were really irritated by that. So they had a little sidebar where they sort of profiled them like they were boy band members, which I don't think solved the problem and maybe only made (laughs) things worse. But tonally, it just it felt very off brand for the band. But you could see like the start of Gwen Stefani's solo career even way back then. Totally. Yeah, I think the one that we all researched, it was like, listen about her new man, her new guy. I don't even remember what they said. But it was the guy. What was it? It was about Gavin. Yeah, her guy, Gavin. (laughs) I was like, shit, this Mm. was such a lot. I didn't realize that they had gotten together so long ago. It's like, God damn it. This is wild. Oh, my God. And now she's with Blake Shelton. Oof. What happened? <laughs> Who would have known? It's all downhill after that YM from, cover. From Bush from Bush to a Bush supporter. Like, I mean, oh, it's just. Oh, God. In heaven. Stings. That is and, tragic. And Nicole Kidman's with Keith Urban. Like, what? <laughs> how, what simulation are we in? I don't know. It's a weird universe. Dude, I mean, obviously we can all agree that Nicole, like, that's a glow up right there. She was with Tom Cruise before. Let's let's 
lest we forget sure (laughs) i mean we all saw we all love those divorce photos of her rejoicing on the street after visiting (laughs) that lawyer i i love i saw on twitter a woman post-divorce had a divorce party where she specifically dressed like nicole kidman in those photos (laughs) oh that's awesome Uh, (laughs) so good I wanted to see if if any of you had any uh, great stories you wanted to share about these uh, about these magazines. I feel like we've covered a lot of bases today and personal anecdotes here and there, but would love to hear if any of you have um, a story you'd like to share about, you know, a particular issue that you loved or an article that, you know, still sticks with you to this day. Mm. Well, hmm. one thing I realized I didn't bring up. And it's something that we have now brought back to our podcast for special episodes. But the quizzes. Mm, oh, yeah. And like, and oh, so I, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. specifically doing it in a group. Like I can, <laughs> I can so quickly picture myself with my, I had a little like group of gals that we'd have sleepovers and we would always do these quizzes out loud. And we'd like, you know kind of help each other answer them because you know you clearly don't know yourself Uh, (laughs) and but it's just so funny like looking back I don't know if I ever answered like I could so quickly see through the answers especially if it was like which you know like Kate did this one for um for our podcast like which Hanson brother are you destined to be with? And it's like so clear that like A is one brother, B is one brother, C is one brother. So I would just always cheat because like obviously yeah, I want that's why, A. That's why you can't you can't do the quizzes that are mostly A's, mostly B's. You got to mix right. them up. Yeah. You, know? you got to mix them up. Also, I also one remember of those oh, brothers was like tw- like nine years old. <laughs> so Not anymore, baby. But for, se- oh, God. <laughs> but for some readers, he was probably their same age, or like yeah, exactly. you're eleven and he's nine. And that's, that's why they cut it. Out sounds odd, but magazine. <laughs> Yeah. I remember also like with those, I remember being so like, I guess I I was such like a, like a type a, like, it's gotta be a perfect quiz because I remember like they would ask things like, you know, the, the, the question was like, your best, your bestie has tickets to the Hanson concert and you want to go. So you a da da da. And I remember answering like, okay, is this about going to see any concert or specifically Hanson? Because if it's Hanson, I don't care. But if we're talking about Dave Matthews Band, then, I, then my answer is different. You know, I was so like particular <laughs> about how the questions were worded. Like, and I remember another one being like, your go to makeup is a simple like lipstick or like a smoky eyeliner. And I was like, well, I like eyeliner, but I like simple eyeliner. So should I pick the simple lip or the smoky eye? I don't like smoky, but I like eyeliner. You know, I was so like, I was so nervous that I would pick wrong. It's funny because you still do that when we do the quizzes. You're like, okay, is this about me? Or is this about the show Vicious Cycle? Like, okay, what's your favorite candy? What would Vicious Cycle's favorite candy be? Like what? I am so worried <laughs> that I'm gonna misclassify myself. <laughs> so funny. Uh, I mean, this every- really tracks with your personality, Kate. So I don't find any of this unbelievable, <laughs> and I can't wait to take a quiz with you. Everything I needed to learn, I learned from a Seventeen magazine quiz. Like it's really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Thanks, yeah. Seventeen. 
All right. Well, before we we end it for today, I just wanted to see if anyone had any final thoughts, uh, any uh, conclusions that you've come to in our last hour together. (laughs) I'm sure I'm going to think of like so many more anecdotes as soon as we're done, because these were such a huge part of my life. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, that TikTok that you guys sent us of that one, or maybe you didn't send it, but I found it, one of those articles uh, of someone who just like reads old magazines. She flips through them on her YouTube and her TikTok. Yeah. That's my new, that's, this is the new thing I do now. I just watch those. So thank you so much for that. (laughs) I feel like it's just as calming as doing like adult coloring books. I'm like, this is even better because I'm not only nostalgic, but then I also get to laugh and be reminded of insane stories or weird quizzes. I really, I really feel regretful that we didn't have a quiz ready for you guys today. (laughs) It's all I want to do. We could just do that at our sleepover. Okay. Oh my God, please. At a magazine creation meeting, we can start off by doing a quiz. (laughs) Perfect. Love it. Anyone else? They were problematic, but they made me me. (laughs) I will say one of the only times in my childhood that I ever like thought a girl was cute was when I was flipping through a teen magazine. And like my Catholic heart was like, this can't be happening. But I I like close it and burn it. Close it now. (laughs) It's still looking at you. Three Hail Marys. (laughs) Say your rosary. I remember like they were, I don't know, spotlighting like a girl equestrian. And I was like, she's so beautiful. Oh, no. What does that mean? (laughs) That I was like horrified. Because like the truth is there was like, I don't ever remember reading about any like same sex anything in those magazines so really the only connection you have is like oh do I think this person is cute in this magazine I don't know do y'all remember any like I am a I am writing in because I'm a teenager and I'm gay or like whatever there well not that there was one that was like I'm a camp counselor in training because I had thought about wanting to do that and ended up sort of half-assed doing it one summer and they were just would like write in with like here's my summer job and I think that was like the closest I got to anybody being like oh I I don't know this is how I afford stuff like I have a job and that's why I have a car and I was like ah job equals car got it taking notes <laughs> key information <laughs> uh. Well, I think that we've covered all sorts of bases today. I'm just happy that we have all collectively decided we're going to start a magazine. It's going to be great. <laughs> yes. Throw us all the VC money. San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, ladies. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, thank um, you. This was so much fun. This was so wanna- fun. Yes. Oh, we're so happy we're on today. Um, we wanted to offer you some time to plug anything you're all working on. We'd love to let people know, let the people know what you are all about and what you are thriving on. What are you vibing on? I don't know. What I, I'm sounding like one of these early 2000s teen yeah, magazines. Okay, Chica, I think we can just let them have the floor. <laughs> Well, well, uh, <laughs> I was oh. gonna. Oh no, I was gonna be like, well, if you're looking for a totes rad podcast, 
with the besties <laughs> about the time of the month. Um, down now there. Meg, you go. Yeah. What? Down exactly. there. Ooh. <laughs> eyebrow wag. Um, we definitely, so we started this podcast about periods to demystify bitch about and laugh at menstruation. And, um, you know, I think we didn't even get into like advertisements in the magazines, but they were definitely tampon and pad ads in those, mm-hmm. Ooh, in uh-huh, those suckers. Uh-huh. But, um, there was which a we've pad ad of that I totally forgot about. That was like two cartoons and it was like yes. a dude and a girl. And she's like looking at the clock. She wants to change her pad and he thinks that she's staring at him. And I remembered how funny they were because they were like different situations that you would find yourself in. It's like always like the caption would be like this long story where like i appreciate that they were like is so absorbing it's just like this will make you feel better and you won't be staring at a clock or you won't be feeling uncomfortable and they had this whole series for the longest time and i don't know why we strayed away from cartoons because mm. no one wants to watch like blue dye get spilled mm-hmm. onto a bread. so true exactly so, okay, true. i interrupted your spiel because i can't believe i forgot to bring up no excellent pad ad <laughs> Listen, we've done commercial or what am I saying? We've done episodes on commercials and advertisements like that. We didn't talk about that one. I had totally forgotten about those. But um, so if y'all are interested, if listeners are interested, um, yeah, listen in. Um, am I for someone else? Keep talking. I think I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got five seasons. Uh, we're like currently on hiatus prepping for our sixth season so uh you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts like this fine podcast um and like you know give us a try um and uh you can also find us on yeah find you on instagram (laughs) yes yeah we have an instagram account that we have a lot of fun on it's vicious cycle podcast um we also have i believe our facebook updates with the same stuff so if you're still on facebook mom um go ahead and find (laughs) us and um yeah i the only other thing i have to plug is um the company i work with with margo killing my lobster we have a holiday youtube streaming thing happening this december so keep if you want to watch some holiday joy uh check out killingmylobster.com for details on the holiday show and as that comes up i will definitely mention it again on the pod so Mm. stay tuned (laughs) and don't you guys have merch we do have merch. There's oh, we have sale. merch. There's always a sale going on. Yeah, we have merch at Tee Public. Um, we have a beautiful link tree that I don't know some goddess made for us. Um, and <laughs> all the information is there. We also have a Patreon. We also have a TikTok. That's really just me still learning how to do TikTok. So if you want to see yes. that progression, it's a real treat. For not that many people. (laughs) (laughs) It's exclusive. Meg, don't sell yourself short. It's It's exclusive. Exclusive. Um, But yeah, we've had some really fantastic guests on. Um, Danielle Perez, who we had on this season, is blowing up. She was just in Variety um, for like an upcoming comic to watch and... So we are really excited. Oh, Vulture, to yeah. Vulture, you're right. Vulture. Um, and we've got some great guests for next season that we're trying to wrangle. Uh, if you are best friends with Busy Phillips, give us a call. Uh, if you're best friends with Ali Wong, who else are our, our like guests that we would Michelle Buteau. Just... I'd love to have Michelle. Oh, on. love. Michelle oh, yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yes. Another dream guest. There's so many awesome people out there. Amy Schumer that love to talk about their period. And we're like, you could do it here. Just, we just need to. Well, we encourage them to all. They they need to come on your show, and we we hope they do. Um, and while they're at it, maybe 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 kick them on over to to old millennials. Right? Yeah, we'll <laughs> just do a little swapsies. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm in. I'm always trying to hustle you know, for us. The old shoom. She she'd be a great fit on both pods. Yeah, <laughs> you would <Yes>. indeed. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, ladies, once again. And thanks for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, you can check out our other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, and Pocket Casts, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And the best way to stay up to date on our latest episodes is to subscribe to our pod. And while you're at it, hitting that subscribe button, maybe leave us a rating and a review. We always love to see it. Additionally, we're on social media. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at the Old Millennials Pod. And of course, we have a Patreon now where you can check us out at Old Millennials Pod. Just five bucks a month gets you lots of fun content. Finally, you can find us individually on Twitter. I am at Emily A. Beijen. And I'm at Marg She Wrote. And until next time, we say bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.